Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. Reminding you that I have books available on Amazon, More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma, Fearless Abundant Life Through Infinite Love. If you're looking for intensive trauma therapy, for parish healing missions, for healing retreats, for human and spiritual integration workshops, whether in person for your parish diocese, seminary group, or if you're actually looking for those online, I'm going to be making those available as well. So please get connected so we can keep you posted on what's going on and what resources we have available for you on your healing journey and also for your journey as a minister of healing. So I'm I'm excited about today's podcast. Today's podcast is titled The Struggle is Real. And I just want to share this experience with you. So it's actually something that I've learned recently and is actually I'm, I'm benefiting for benefiting from um, in the process of it. So so I grew up in the deep south. I grew up on the coast of South Georgia and I learned to drive a stick shift when I was eight years old. For those of you under 50 years of age, some cars used to have manual transmission. I know there are some of us, I'm 53. I know some of us, we, we learned to drive stick. Boy, it really seems like it's difficult to even find a car that has a manual transmission anymore. Most cars nowadays um, has automatic transmission. So if you don't know how to drive a stick or have never even seen a car that's a stick shift, that wouldn't be uncommon because most often that take, is taken care of automatically. Um, but it, it was on old unmarked dirt roads that I learned to drive and driving under age and without a license isn't something that I'm advocating for. But it was a it was a great experience, and I lo- I truly, honestly, I just loved everything about it. I loved learning a new skill that was fun, but in particular, there was something about the challenge itself that was exciting. See, I, I, I it made me feel like a big kid. You know, it made me feel like I was doing something really significant and really big, and it made me feel that way even before I mastered driving a stick shift. It made me feel that way just even as I was trying it, just even in the attempt, just even in, in trying to learn. So um, then you fast forward to my experience of trying to teach adults to drive stick. And boy, that's been surprisingly different. I, you know, I'd get in the car with an adult thinking, wow, they're just going to love every minute of this the same way I did when I was a kid. But that was not the case. And I was really kind of shocked by that. Because see, what's happened is any adult I've ever taught or tried to teach to drive stick 
has been really apprehensive about the whole process and especially behind the wheel. They've just, when the car has stalled out, they've almost like frozen. This happened with, with a friend of mine. We're driving along, the car stalled out, which is a, a really common experience when you're learning to drive stick. If you're not shifting gears smoothly and and that kind of thing, it can easily just kind of chug out. And And when that happened, and we were in a parking lot, and this person looked at me with just this look of panic and said, what do I do now? And I just calmly said, start it back up. And she said, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she started it back up. And I was just, I was really kind of, I've really kind of been baffled and marveled about that over the years. And, you know, it's the, the car doesn't explode if you stall out, you don't get it ejected from the driver's seat, aliens don't appear and take you to another planet. You just put the car in neutral and start it back up. It's really not a big deal, particularly if you're in a parking lot. So I began paying attention to what I've noticed, wondering if you have to, but as kind of a common difference in how we tend to handle challenges as kids compared to how we do as adults. Because what I've noticed is it seems as though as adults, we tend to have these unrealistic expectations on ourselves that we should somehow already know and be proficient at whatever the skill or the knowledge is that, that we're trying to learn. And that really just kind of nullifies the whole learning process that's that I should just be able to somehow, because I'm tall, be able to will myself into to knowledge or to proficiency. And that's just drastically um, unrealistic and, and quite frankly, kind of silly when you think about it. There's nothing that goes along with having been alive a certain number of days or years that would de facto make me a master at any particular skill of any type, whether it's a physical skill, whether it's a, you know, a set of um, kind of like knowledge or information, something that, you know, they're trying to learn or whether it's even a spiritual skill. If it's a certain, a certain virtue or a certain way of avoiding sin or, or practicing charity, there's nothing about just being alive for a certain amount of time that that would make that happen. It just doesn't equate like that. And so, um, so it seems as though as adults, we have these unrealistic expectations and then no wonder for many of us learning new things significantly trails off or even stops completely as we age, because that's a, that's an unrealistic um, pressure and it really kills the joy of the whole process. It kills that excitement that I had at eight years old behind a steering wheel on an old dirt road in South Georgia. And, um, you know, a few weeks ago I caught myself, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I caught myself doing the same thing. And so I lift weights in the mornings. I go over to the gym and I have consistently avoided single leg exercises because my balance isn't great. So particular skill I was trying to, or um, exercise I was being challenged to do by this little 
workout program that I follow is you kind of, you put your one foot on flat on the floor and your other foot back up on the weight bench. And you can either do it with or without dumbbells or some sort of weight, but you kind of squat and your squat, then therefore all your, um, your, your weight and your, your effort is focused on that one leg that's planted on the floor because the other one you've kind of taken out of the equation by, by propping it up behind you on the bench. And I have just been not doing these things, not trying these things, not, not even attempting these things in my mind. It's just, they're, they're, it's like, they're not even on the list and they don't apply to me somehow. And, um, it's just because I, I couldn't do those without a struggle. And so I realized I wasn't doing them at all. And, you know, this was brewing in the back of my mind, but it, once it kind of popped to that forefront of my mind, then I realized, wow, that's not a really good thing. And, um, and I'm never going to get better at those if I'm not even, you know, kind of approximating the motion. So, uh, so I broke down and decided to, to try them. And now that required me doing this, of course, doing these at the gym in front of other people, you know, and so that initial, um, fortunately it wasn't an overriding thought in my mind, but you know, there's people there who do some things like this and it seems like it's super easy for them. And they've been doing it since the womb, you know, and here I am doing this and, and I'm wobbling and like, as though I have a hundred pound dumbbell in each hand and I was doing them without any weights. And so as I've, as I've started to do it, you know, I, I couldn't do them without a struggle. And, um, and it made me realize that, you know, we, myself included, we tend to not like doing or even, even attempting things that we haven't mastered. But the problem is that growth in virtue um, and breaking patterns of sin can require a struggle. So if we avoid struggle in the physical realm of things as simple as exercises like I'm talking about, or things in the mental realm, like we, you know, we're not in school, most of us as adults, um, at least later in adulthood. And so we're not taking classes on information we've never been exposed to or necessarily, um, you know, learning uh, some sort of information. And why would it be any different in the spiritual dimension? Just think about it. Think about the number of kids who who learn musical instruments or languages. Compare that number to the number of adults who do. And and of course, it can be a little more challenging since our brains tend to prune the parts we aren't using. But at the same time, the brain is highly adaptive. And so we can learn these things. It just requires a little extra effort. But quite frankly, as adults, we have a lot better ability to understand one, the benefit of learning something, the benefit of the challenge. And that when we put the time into the, to the, um, to the learning process itself, that we can then attain information or a skill or even something that we might really end up enjoying. We can have the ability to understand that in a way that we just didn't as kids, you know, we just didn't understand most of us that, you know, if you put in the time and you practice or you study, then you're going to be grateful for having done that at the end of the day. 
you know, so even though we can appreciate it intellectually as adults, it just doesn't seem like it transfers over into what we're actually doing. So, so I put the challenge on myself to start actually doing these single leg exercises. And let me tell you, I ride the struggle bus on these. It is not pretty. It's not pretty. No doubt. I'm not doing them, you know, by myself either. You know, again, I'm doing them in front of other people. But once I embraced the struggle and realized what I was doing, what I was avoiding doing in particular, and, um, and really embraced the struggle as a spiritual and a physical exercise, and quite frankly, an emotional exercise, you know, and just in terms of being able to navigate the, you know, maybe the self-criticism or self-judgment I might be tempted to, but I have really come to enjoy them. I can only do, you know, a few, I would say to do two to three sets of 15 on each leg. Well, I can only do two sets of 10 on each leg and I'm not even doing the entire motion. It's, you know, it's baby steps. And so I'm doing an approximation. What, you know, anybody who's good at this would look at me and say, wow, it's just really a micro movement in the direction of, um, of the entire movement. But I can already tell it's creating some muscle memory. And I can sure feel my leg muscles lit up in a way that I wasn't able to get to through other exercises, even other exercises I would be doing more of with more weight, um, higher repetitions, higher sets, and, and, you know, maybe really, you know, doing them quite frankly, as good as I'll probably ever be able to do. So to sum up, you know, the process of struggling can have a great number of benefits. You know, if you think about it, you know, the, if, if we're, if we're gravitating away from things that we're not good at, then what's that going to translate to? If, if I'm not good at holding my tongue, I'm probably not going to try it. Probably just continue to, to gossip or be uncharitable in speech. If I'm not good at being patient, um, and we don't like doing things we're not good at, I probably won't try to be patient. If I don't like doing things I'm not good at, I probably won't try to do what whatever it is, whatever the growth in virtue, whatever the spiritual fruit I'm trying to, you know, if I, if I just conclude I'm not good at discipline, then, um, and I don't like doing things I'm not good at, then I'll never try to, to work discipline into my life. And yet, when, you know, when I look at how it's benefited me already, just doing micro movements, just approximating these exercises, how I've seen growth um, so exponentially, I think, man, that has to transfer over into the spiritual dimension. You know, if I'm, if I'm not trying to be patient at all, and then suddenly I'm trying to be patient, even if I'm just a little patient, or a little less impatient than I was before compared to being highly impatient, that's going to be an improvement, a marked improvement, right? And so then it begins to, to build on itself. Once we begin to, to see like, wow, I can do that. And it feels better to do that. And I can do even a little better the next time. And then we begin to, um, to, to gain courage, and 
to, to really invest in the process. And then it becomes a process instead of just stagnation. And so, so some of the benefits can be one, it can challenge us to be non-critical and non-judgmental towards ourselves as, as we're just approximating what we hope to, to grow in. Um, secondly, it can test our humility, you know, can, wow. Okay. If I'm only doing things that, that I'm fantastic at, then I might just conclude I'm fantastic at everything where the truth is I'm only fantastic at the two things that I do instead of at the myriad of things that, that I could be doing. So it can also, you know, because of that, it can give us patience with others when they're doing things that maybe we find easy, but others don't. Can give us experience of gains that can be weighed made on the way to mastery. You know, they're all along. There's there's um there's success all along, just even in the process. Even as we struggle, there's those mental gains of being non-critical and non-judgmental, growing in humility, the courage to continue to apply ourselves. Um, we can make friends with the idea of struggle, and then that carryover can lead to struggling toward growth in charity, patience, discipline, and many other spiritual fruits. So, so I just really encourage you, you know, struggle's real physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, it's all around us. It is there for the asking, my friends. You don't have to look far. And if you feel if you have something that you're being challenged to do, whether it's physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, something you're being asked to do that's a struggle for you, embrace it. Just really encourage you to embrace it. Be compassionate with yourself and enjoy the process. And may the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.